please rate, review, and subscribe to Dare to Explore wherever you listen to podcasts. Dare to Explore is powered by the U.S. Space and Rocket Center Education Foundation, which supports the educational programs of the U.S. Space and Rocket Center, home of Space Camp, working to inspire the next generation of explorers. Learn more about the Foundation's mission at rocketcenterfoundation.org. A radiologist uses imaging studies that use different kinds of energy. It could be sound waves like ultrasound, electromagnetic imaging like an MRI or x-rays for a chest radiograph or other x-ray study to see through parts of the body and determine from looking at the inside out if you're healthy or sick or well. Dr. Gretchen Green is a Brown, Yale, and Harvard-educated radiologist practicing in North Carolina. She attended space camp four times and served as a crew trainer. Dr. Green served on the U.S. Space and Rocket Center Education Foundation's Board of Directors as the alumni representative and is currently the active chairman of the Space Camp Alumni Association Board. She now serves as the active secretary to the U.S. Space and Rocket Center Education Foundation's Board of Directors. I'm Ryan Faricelli. Join me as I learn what makes this extraordinary individual dare to explore. I've got a spaceship that I'm waiting for. I'm flying up to the stars. I'm gonna dare to explore this time. And I'll let you know what I find. I grew up in Illinois, so my uh, Midwesterner by by birth and through up, up until college. Then I went to New England, where I went to the eight-year medical program at Brown. I graduated with a degree in neuroscience, but a minor in ancient and medieval studies. Hmm. I then also got a master's in history of medicine and pharmacology. So I've always worn two hats. I love science and technology, especially biology, but I also really love history that gives me perspective on how we've gotten here and what it means for today and the future. After medical school, I completed training in radiology in New England at Yale and then completed my fellowship at Harvard. Then I came to the South where I now practice as a radiologist in North Carolina. Where in Illinois are you from? I'm from the suburbs, actually more specifically Wayne's World, Aurora, Illinois, if anybody remembers that. I lived in Chicago for a while too. My favorite city. <laughs> oh yeah, the Windy City. It's my favorite too. It always feels like home. It's it's one of those places in the world where I recharge my batteries and I feel grounded to that energy that makes me part of who I am. I love Chicago. Was there astronaut or space interest when you were a child? I knew from when I was two years old that I was going to be a doctor. It chose me. I don't even remember back that far to remember what it was that I got bitten by the bug and that love of medicine, but I just knew I always wanted to do it. And along the way, I tried other things. You know, I had a lot of interests and humanities and otherwise music, uh, sang opera for a lot of years up until my 30s, actually. Wow. But I always stuck with medicine and uh, loved science. You know, So I just really did well in those classes, but it was a good thing I didn't have to continue to take art because it eventually would have killed my GPA. What's your favorite opera? Uh, probably The Magic Flute. 
I got to sing it in college and being part of a professional opera production was something that was a really great experience to seeing, watching really carefully how professionals did it and the way they ran rehearsals and getting to be just a small part of that as a minor role really was a dream come true. So that was exciting. Um, but growing up in Illinois, I just, I had wonderful education there through the public school system. I was fortunate to get to go to the Illinois Math and Science Academy. And that was a place that really just lit my fire and helped me to hone all my interests, uh, surprisingly, both in math and science, but also in humanities, including history, which is where I got my start in history and languages and music. A five-year-old doesn't go, I want to be a radiologist, right? Was there a specific type of doctor that you had initially thought when you were younger you would be? The family story goes that I announced one day at age two that I was either going to be a surgeon or an elevator operator. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why, loved pushing the buttons. You know, you could meet people on the elevator, go up and down, and it seemed like a great way of just interacting with lots of people. There wasn't anything specific about surgery, I think, that really drew me and certainly not radiology actually until medical school. I actually, the first time that I thought about radiology was when I was doing a history of medicine research project. I competed in the National History Day and uh, writing a paper, I ran across a book on some of the history of radiology and it kind of passed me by and I thought, well, that's kind of interesting, but I didn't think too much about it. Instead, I got into the history of women in medicine, the professional development of women physicians and the founding of the American Medical Women's Association. So I got into that, but not specialty specific. Later on, I thought I was going to be an ER doctor. Um, I thought that that was a great way of having lots of skills. I could do lots of different things, kind of be a jack of all trades. Any situation, I could troubleshoot it. When I was 12 and I'd gone to space camp and I thought that it would be the most amazing thing to be an astronaut, it also seemed that emergency medicine would be just the thing you might need in space or a different situation. But for me, it wasn't until um, medical school when we had to do clinical rotations And I had been an EMT, I'd driven an ambulance, I'd treated patients as an EMT in the field in college, and I got to a radiology elective. I had to put it in place because of the rotation timing. I had a random two-week block, and so there were only so many two-week blocks, and I fit radiology in because it was available, and I thought okay, this isn't going to go well. I always fell asleep after lunch in anatomy lab when they did radiology because they turned the lights out. I'd had <laughs> lunch, it was dark and I'd fall asleep because it was warm. And I thought, well, whatever, you know, I'll just do this on my way to, to becoming an ER doctor. And radiology was the most fascinating thing I'd ever seen. I did this slideshow course that someone at, at Harvard, one of the founding mothers actually of radiology, and it was this old fashioned slideshow presentation with a cassette tape and you would click your way through and look at films and they would describe what it was about the physics and the energy that helped us see through different tissues in the body and how that helped us understand disease and health and I could not get enough I would go back to the (laughs) hospital you know at nighttime and I would continue doing this course I would do all the random files the teaching files and Then when I got to the ER rotation, the first day I said, I think I'm changing. This is not for me. I don't 
particularly love the ER as the place, I'm going to go back to radiology. I kept my options open though, because I didn't know when I matched in radiology, which is that it's very competitive. Um, so you know, it was a big process for applications. I didn't know we had to take radiation physics boards. I did not love college uh, physics. I had to work really hard in it. I went to every tutoring session, but it took a lot of effort and I anticipated this is probably going to be really hard for me. And so again, I worked really hard for six months on these boards that we had to pass on, on radiation physics. And I thought about my time at space camp. I thought about how, well, if it's, if it's going to be something like this to become an astronaut, I better get the skills up to learn really hard stuff like this. Right. And I said, okay, here's the deal to my parents. I said, um, I'm going to either pass my radiation physics boards on the first try, or I'm going to go become a ski patroller. <laughs> and they said, well, just let us know how it goes. So here, here I am, you know, nearly 20 years into a radiology career. <laughs> Do you have a special area that, that you have focused on in your career as a radiologist? I do. My fellowship is in women's imaging, which includes breast imaging. So a lot of what I do is reading mammograms, also breast ultrasound, MRI. And with that, I also do procedures. So I'll do needle biopsies of areas that we think could be cancer or other things that we need to diagnose. And I can drain abscesses, infection if that happens, and talk with patients about what their imaging results mean. So the role of a radiologist in a lot of this, and including other studies like obstetrical ultrasound, is really translating what the technology says about what's going to help that patient. Let's back up then and talk a little bit about your space camp time. My understanding is that you've went to space camp something like four times. Is that right? I did. I went to camp in 1986. Uh, Academy level one in 88, Academy level two in 91. I then came back in college to be a crew trainer and then returned as a family camp participant with my son, my older child in 2016. So both of my kids have now done the classic space camp experience also. How old were you when you went the first time? I was 12. It's interesting. I don't remember when my mom booked it, but that was just after the Challenger accident had occurred. And I, I don't think, you know, in retrospect, I don't think it was a decision to go to camp because of the Challenger explosion, but strangely, it was the Challenger accident that really inspired me to want to go to space. You would think it would be the opposite, but I do think looking back, there was something about seeing Krista McAuliffe someone from, you know, the ranks of kind of like mere mortals like me <laughs> that really did make me think seeing her, that was possible. And I wasn't deterred that things went wrong or that something bad happened. It was part of the challenge. And so that's part of, I think, my personality that I just was excited to do something really hard because it really added to the meaning of what it meant in the significance of my life. So I don't remember why I ended up going to space camp. It was probably because my mom had done amazing research as always and was looking for <laughs> opportunities for me. And so got me the opportunity to go to camp. Tell me a little bit about your experience there. I was commander in the orbiter for our mission. Okay. And part of how I got there is I remember we were given a test. And so we filled out this test and I don't even know if that's for meant 
for anything. But I remember asking the counselor, I said, okay, you know, I understand the commander has an important role in the mission. Um, if it works for everyone, I would like to be the commander. <laughs> and so I don't know, again, you know, if that battered at all or was score, just me raising my hand. But what I connected was raising my hand, volunteering and being proactive helped me get that position. And I took it very seriously. You know, the mission went great and everyone did a great job. I knew it wasn't just me. And part of what really impressed me that week was there were many more boys than girls at Mm. camp. And for a sixth grader, rising seventh grader, that's, it can be kind of awkward. So I think there were something like 12 girls and 144 boys. Wow, We were just vastly uh, outnumbered. But I didn't mind it. In a way, it was, again, it was kind of a challenge. And it has helped me, I think, be very comfortable in medicine, in radiology, which is a very male-dominated specialty. So we like to think, oh, yeah, half of women, half of men. But that's really not true as you get to certain segments in medicine, even now. We like to think things are all even and equal, and they are not by far. So radiology is very male dominated. Um, We don't really know all the reasons why, but it continues to be that way. But this was a barrier that wasn't a problem for me in part because of that experience at space camp. I was very shocked, however, at the end of the awards ceremony when they gave the criteria for outstanding camper and announced that I had won it. I had no concept going through that week that I stood out at all, that I did anything different or extraordinary. And that moment, again, of possibility is something that opened me up to things in the future where I thought to myself, gosh, if I raise my hand in the air, if I say I volunteer to do that, I would like to do that job. I would like to have that opportunity that you can. And in fact, it can be rewarded when you not only do that, but do your best at it. The Intuitive Planetarium is an immersive digital dome theater experience that offers educational astronomy shows, live entertainment, and exciting theater experiences. The only one of its kind in the Southeast, the Intuitive Planetarium at the U.S. Space and Rocket Center offers an 8K digital planetarium and digital dome experience. Additional time tickets are required for Intuitive Planetarium experiences. Visit rocketcenter.com for tickets today. right place in the right time with my ears open and looking for opportunity (laughs) really paid off. I was in the reading room where we read mammograms and uh, this was at Harvard's Brigham and Women's Hospital. And I overheard two attending physicians in charge uh, talking about this textbook they were writing. And so my ears kind of perked up and I, I was doing my work, but I was keeping one ear open to listen in. And they said how someone had quit and they had all this work to do on this book. <laughs> and how were they going to get it done? And the room was tiny. And we're, we're usually put in kind of the equivalence of broom closets in radiology. Right. We have really small rooms with no lights and computer screens. It's, it's, that's the joke about radiology. And... Um, I turned around what I thought there was a good part in their conversation. And I said, I couldn't help but overhear in our small room that (laughs) 
you have this project going on. I've heard of this book series. This is one of the, it was one of the new book series and the leaders in radiology were the editors of each book. So it was a flagship series that the kind of the best of the best were known for, a very brand name type of project. And I said, I, I, I hear you need some help. Is this something you think I can help you with? And the person who I was talking to uh, was the director of breast imaging. And she kind of got a smile on her face because like that first person who knew I didn't belong in ER, I belonged in radiology with the 13 things. <laughs> Similarly, she kind of had my number and she said, yep, I think you sure can. She said, "We, if you do a chapter, then we pay you some money, wasn't much. And uh, if you write 15 chapters, you get to get your name on the front of the book. And I thought for a moment and I thought, I think I can do that. And she looked <laughs> at me, she smiled and she said, yes, Gretchen, I think you can too. And we were off. So I did. I worked that whole year on these book chapters, finished them all, and published a paper in a journal on an ovarian tumor at the same time, which is also kind of my fellowship specialty. And uh, about a year later, the book was published and it did fantastically well. It was known as the standard textbook for breast imaging at that point. And then we published another follow-up in that series on breast MRI. Same thing, 15 or more chapters, title, author, and again, just such a pleasure to be able to work with some of the top minds and just watch what they did and hear their feedback and be open to learning something that I had never done before in that format, but really enjoyed. You've won several awards for uh, research. I have. I've won research awards in radiology. There is also an award that's kind of near and dear to my heart with the American Association for Women Radiologists, which is uh, one that's awarded to one trainee in radiology per year. And so during residency, I was fortunate to receive that achievement award for all trainees in radiology. But besides that, my earlier awards were actually, again, in the history world. Um, in my sophomore year of high school, we were given the option of writing a paper, a research paper, or taking a final exam. And I thought it seemed more in my control if I could just write a paper instead of taking a chance on questions that I'd have to answer. So I wrote a research paper on the history of Bertha Van Hoosen, the founder of the American Medical Women's Association, the first organization for women doctors, which was founded in Chicago in 1915. And that paper went on ultimately through the ranks of competition, far beyond the final exam stage and ended up placing second nationally at National History Day. So again, this kind of external validation that I then turned into this internal fuel. Um, I still really love history of medicine. I've given a lot of talks on it. I continued to write papers and be involved. Even now, I still love looking backwards, especially about there's a movement in breast imaging, the breast density movement, where patients have formed a grassroots movement as to why their breasts look more or less white on mammograms and how that impacts how we can detect cancer. But the interesting thing about movements like this is that they go all the way back to the 19-teens. So this 100-year retrospective that I love to do is to look back and say, what's old is new again, that <laughs> patients have been advocates for themselves for 100 years as long as there have been organizations and people with common causes. And so that's also what helps me to be active now in collective causes like 
uh, nonprofit boards, Space Camp Board and the National Women's History Board. You returned to Space Camp as a crew trainer? That was the summer after my sophomore year in college. It was just the perfect time to come back down to Huntsville, spend the summer there living in the habitat. You can see those rooms that are at the end with the <laughs> bubbles on the end. And I had a room there actually with a woman who was a physician originally from Barcelona. And she had come to the States and was retraining in aerospace medicine. And so for <laughs> me particularly, it was so cool to get to be roommates with her, spend the summer and ultimately see the kids going through this process of learning and helping guide them through the, the mission. So I generally was in uh, mission control running the mission. So I get to give everybody anomalies and see how they fare in, in finding the solutions together. What was your favorite anomaly to, st to stump them with? <laughs> it was really the timing Oh. not the problem itself because if you just found that choice moment where there was time pressure like during launch or during landing when people were trying to really focus on the timeline i found that it was especially fun to throw them anomalies then because <laughs> they would tend to really get stressed out and and then they would be happy that they'd solved it add to the excitement right <laughs> It, it definitely did. You can you can hear the screams, you know, coming through the comms. <laughs> Eventually, you returned to be on this base camp alumni board. I first had expertise with the National Women's History Museum, right. starting in about 2011, and again. <laughs> I had gotten a fundraising letter in the mail that had been signed from one of the celebrity sponsors, uh, Meryl Streep. And my mom said, hey, you know, there's this mailing. It's a fundraising donation request. Um, you want to be on their board. You should be on their board. They don't have a doctor. You should be on their board. I was working nights. I had a newborn. I said, oh, that's crazy. Like I can, you know, take on this other thing and a full-time partner job as a physician, all the rest. And so I set the flyer aside and I waited. And then when the timing was right, I did contact them. And my, uh, I ultimately went up to Washington, D.C., interviewed with them, prepared a PowerPoint presentation on an iPad that I thought looked so slick, right? And I, I mean, I could barely <laughs> use an iPad, but somehow I configured it. And I said, if I joined the board, I was going to connect corporate sponsors in healthcare technology to women's health history. I felt like I was just born to do this. Like I'd had all these skills and I'd worked on things over the years. And so I said, I'm going to um, get sponsorships from General Electric and Hologic and some other companies because they make equipment that makes a difference in women's lives through healthcare. You know, they specifically do diagnostic uh, equipment that I use in my daily job. Right. And ultimately, I did. Uh, I served as vice chair of the board for a number of years, acting chair during the time we passed legislation through Congress that authorized funding to form a task force to explore a women, the National Women's History Museum on the mall. And um, one thing led to the other. I am delighted that, yes, I, I did get the sponsorships. These companies were generous enough to support this mission. And thanks to support of them and grassroots donors, the National Women's History Museum is opening its first in-person exhibit in March this year, 2023, at the Martin Luther King Library. And I will be attending the ribbon cutting hmm. 
And I cannot be just more excited to see that now come to fruition. But working again with with women primarily on that board who had really diverse experience in a lot of jobs that I don't know anything about because in medicine, it's very much blinders. You're very one track. You you stay in your lane to get through training. And we don't get a lot of exposure to a lot of people outside medicine who do a lot of different jobs. But the board was all different walks of life, all different accomplishments and people with skills. And all of these women just took me under their wing. And again, mentored me. I asked every question I could, learned all the things I could. They believed in me and they helped me grow in my leadership skills while on that board. And so that was the springboard that next, when I saw the call for applicants for the Space Camp Alumni Board, again, gave me that confidence to say, ah, I can do this. I have already broad and deep nonprofit board experience. And it just happens that I love history and technology. So that's what the Space and Rocket Center does. It is a world-class, number one rated museum in the Southeast by Southern Living Magazine, as Space Camp is the number one ranked summer camp by the New York Times. And what better place to be to give back to the place that inspired and helped me grow into what I am now than coming back home to space camp to serve in this capacity to bring this dream to our million plus alumni. Train like an astronaut and get lost in space at the U.S. Space and Rocket Center. Shuttle simulator programs are available to try your hand at piloting the shuttle and is based on both the past and the future of space exploration. Your team of up to four participants must work together to land the shuttle and bring the crew safely home. Museum admission is required. Find out available times, prices, and more at rocketcenter.com and get ready to blast off. You've won all these great awards. You're you're volunteering and giving back to the the programs that that help to shape who you are. Uh, you've written textbooks on the the topic of of your main profession. Uh, you're opening a museum to honor those who who did these things before you. What's next? I'm getting closer and closer to getting to space. <laughs> these past couple years, you know, tantalizingly close with. Inspiration for I um, participated in the donation campaign for the generosity seat that you know space camp crew trainer from Florida Chris Sembroski filled. I competed in the entrepreneur slot that Cyan Proctor had won. Um, <laughs> I presented as my contest entry a trivia module on the history of women in space that educators could download and do just as we did with Space Camp during the pandemic. We offered a whole series of virtual trivia real-time contests that my daughter and son actually helped write as well for these module content. So that was really fun. And just to help, you know, keep that outreach and and positive um, relationship with our alumni and people who were enthusiastic and ready to go. That was my entry into the entrepreneurship uh, format, which I heard there were maybe only a few hundred entries in for the Inspiration4 contest. I, I knew that was the category to beat. 
And I'm not sure that the odds have ever been that good again to uh, to get one out of maybe several hundred slots. Right. Again, using all my skills and I'm just going to keep raising my hand and just keep being involved. I also volunteered to be the medical officer on board, which of course they, they picked Haley Arsenault for PA from St. Jude. Just perfect choice. She's so, all of them are just amazing and perfect for that. Um, but I, I went and I got to see the inspiration for launch. And then we honored them last year in June for the 40th anniversary. Right. Uh, later that year, I got a call out of the blue from the Discovery Channel to screen test audition for what they were going to do with Axiom was have a reality show contest for 10 people to compete for an astronaut slot and go to the space station. Wow. So, you know, I think they didn't end up doing that project, but... I just feel like we're all getting closer and closer to space. So I live every day of my life ready for that call. I make every connection I can. I support everybody I can who I see is on this path all upwards and onwards. And it's, and you can see, you know, I'm I'm enthusiastic about it because this is just how I want to live my life. Every day is onwards and upwards and always searching for how I can improve myself more for every day and give back to the world to leave it a better place. I've got a spaceship that I'm waiting for. I'm flying up to the stars. I'm gonna dare to explore this time. I'll let 